Welcome to the Two Coach Bennett's Talking Podcast. I'm Coach Tammy Bennett. And I'm Coach Chris Bennett. This is where we talk about anything we want. Yeah, anything we want. Like movies or music. Running, not running. Life and what gets us excited. Fantasy and sci-fi books. No, we're not talking about that. All right, well, we'll talk about everything but fantasy and sci-fi books. So sit back or keep moving because it's time to start talking. Welcome to episode 11 of Two Coach Bennett's Talking, Motivation Lost and Found. We're talking about what to do when you feel like you've lost your motivation. We also talk about beautiful Bend, Oregon, which is where Tammy is joining us remotely. We talk about some fun camp activities. We talk about what we're going to do when Barbie and Oppenheimer come out on the same night, and we talk about so much more. So let's get started. Hi, Coach Bennett. Hello, Coach Bennett. How are you doing? So good. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. I got to say, I kind of miss you, and maybe we can tell our listeners why. Where are you? I am in Bend, Oregon. I took myself on a work retreat, uh, which I do a couple times a year. Uh, this time, I could only find a place that had more than one bedroom. And so I felt like it was a little bit of a waste for me to have a big place all by myself. So I brought our two daughters and basically threatened them that they are not allowed to <laughs> to hang out with me or talk to me or bother me or interrupt me uh, while I'm doing work. And then we'll have some time together in the evenings. And that's going really well. But sadly... I didn't bring you or the dogs along because you are too much of a distraction. And I don't think you or the dogs would, uh, I don't want to say the word obey, but I don't think you would heed the the warning. I would. Yes. I was thinking I wouldn't have honored your request. Honored. Great word. Yes. Now I got two follow-up questions for you. Okay. One, we'll start with the daughters. They must have been heartbroken that they couldn't hang out with you. Did they take it okay that they had to just actually explore bend on their own all day long without mom. Yeah, they've handled it amazingly well. Like like yeah. They're yeah. so mature. They just handle that uh sadness with a plum. Is that the right word? I, oh my gosh. I swear I was gonna say the exact same thing. If you had just given me one more second, I would have dropped that, but I hesitated thinking, am I saying this the right way? And then I didn't even get to say it because you said it. A plum. Yeah, I've I've <laughs> never said that word in my life. What? Ever. Ever. That was the only word I wanted to use in that moment. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. You okay. Well, I think that's great that our daughters are, are keeping it together because I'm sure on the inside, they are just so sad that they're not with mom all day long. Follow up question number two. Normally, when you go away on these work retreats, you go to the beach. But Bend is not at the beach. Let's talk a little bit about where Bend is. Bend is the opposite way of the beach. So for us on the West Coast, the beach is west. I went southeast, I think. Maybe it's just south. I don't know. But I do know that I talked to you yesterday and I'm like, basically, this is very much like a beach town, but in the mountains. So yes. there are people lying out all along the side of the river as if it were a beach. So many people on rafts and stand up paddle boards uh, swimming in the water, just like it reminds me a lot of a beach atmosphere. So many people on bikes and walking. Um, so a lot like a beach, but not at the beach. It's in the mountains. 
super active town, right? Yes. Yes. And great arts and things like that. Last night you were on the phone with me and you said, can you hear the concert that's being played kind of over the river? And it was Jimmy Eat World, which yeah, is one can of my I just, favorite bands. I got to brag on you for a minute. That's one of your favorite bands? No, it's not. But I like them a lot. I got a little out of control there. I, I do like them. Okay. So I just have to brag to our listeners. This is nuts. So uh, I don't know like by how the crow flies, how far away we are from this, uh, like the outdoor amphitheater where they have concerts. Um, but I, But by walking, it's about 25 to 30 minutes of a walk from here to there. Um, but so you can see it in the distance from our, the balcony of our place. So I called you last night and I FaceTimed you and I said, can you hear this music? Cause we could hear it. We could, we could almost make out some words. We could definitely make out the roar of the crowd. We could kind of hear the voice. Um, but I held up the phone to you and I'm like, do you, can you figure out this band? Because, you know, we hadn't looked it up yet. And I knew it was a band that we knew but I just like couldn't place it. And I held it up to you and you were like, oh, let me see, let me see. And you were like, oh, it's Jimmy World. And my daughter was like, yeah, that's what it said on the concert thing. Like she had seen it on her walk, but she just had forgotten. Anyway, amazing. You could hear it over FaceTime from very far away and you knew the band. So impressive. Yeah, and I got to tell you why. And it wasn't because it was one of their popular songs. So they do have a couple of hits, but it was the singer does this thing sometimes when he sings and he's like, whoa, 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 something like that. And uh, yeah, so yeah, I, I deserved that. I deserved that uh, call out. So thank you for acknowledging it and calling it out because it was pretty impressive if I do say so myself. And if you hear kind of pitter patter in the background, it's because our dogs have decided to, for the first time all day, move. And now they're fighting each other in the background, a little bit like Godzilla and Mothra type of thing going on. So if you hear roaring and fighting and tap dancing, that's actually our dogs in the background being uh, annoying at the exact wrong moment. Well, according to them, it's the right moment because literally if the dogs see us put a microphone up to our mouth or if they see, see you on the porch recording one of your cameos or one of your Instagram stories, or if they see me recording an Instagram story, or if we are in a very crucial, emotional, quiet part of a movie, those are the times when they know it is time to make as much noise as possible. I agree. And I, you know what? I think they might have learned it from our kids because I think our kids would see those things going on. And especially with the movie or a show at a very critical point, that was when suddenly our kids were like, you know what? I need to make something that involves lots of plates and knives and forks that clink together and the microwave. And they also need to give a running to themselves commentary about what's going on. And then when we say, could you please be quiet? Then it's like we've asked too much. It's, oh, geez. Okay, sorry. And we go, no, it's just trying to watch a show. Okay, sorry. No, we're done. And then they'll just complain about us complaining about them talking and they don't realize that they're talking literally, which is the one thing we don't want them to do. So maybe the dogs learn from the kids or the kids learn from the dogs. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it's just basically a universal energy shift. So when children or pets know that their owners or parents have shifted energy from them to something else, they're like, oh, no, 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 no. Give me that energy back. It's all about me. That is, 
I think that's true. And you know, it would be great. I think we could study this. We'd probably have to get one of those like paranormal investigators that have a whole bunch of instruments, like electronic instruments that are obviously nonsense. But when they notice us starting to watch the show, I'm sure the instruments would go like, and that would mean that we're shifting focus away from the kids of the dogs. And then there you go. Science. That's how it works. Okay. Science. Science. All right. So can I tell you what my idea is for this episode of Two Coach Bennett's Talking? I'd love to hear it. Okay. It's partially inspired by your work trips, because usually when you go on these trips, as we've already covered, you go somewhere like the beach, and now you're going into the mountains, which for you are very restorative. So I thought this would be a great topic for today, which is when you feel like you're losing your motivation, and that's not why I'm saying you're going, but I feel like you're more motivated in these places because they kind of like, you know, just fill you up with energy. But when you feel like you've lost motivation, how do you find it again? That's the topic, and you can start. Okay, I'll start. Here's my tip for when you don't have motivation. You show up anyway. So I think motivation only comes to you if you're doing part of the work and you're showing up. I kind of stole this idea from uh, Elizabeth Gilbert. Um, But basically, the muse is going to visit you if you're showing up very consistently and saying, okay, I am ready to do the work. Here I am. Um, I'll give you an example. Like this morning, I woke up later than I wanted to. I was feeling super duper lazy. I just wanted to go for a walk by the river. I did not want to do any of the work that I had like set aside for myself. And it was a, a slog for like 20 minutes. And I just decided, no, I came here to do the writing and the creation that I'm doing. So I took my computer, I went and sat outside. And of course, the scenery is going to help a little bit. And I got to work. And 15 minutes into it, after I just kind of forced myself to show up to the page and start typing, all the ideas came. And it was like a flood. And I was here for it because I was here. I showed up. I like that. I like that a lot. I think, like you said, you how, how does the muse show up for you if you're not where you're supposed to be, right? Muse is like, what are you doing? Like, we're supposed to be at the typewriter or in front of the uh, art piece or sitting in your chair in front of the computer. And I'm here. Where are you? So I liked I liked the visual that you had there. Okay, is this bouncing back to me for my tip? Heck yeah. Okay, I'm going to say that a lot of times when people feel like they've lost motivation, I feel like it's not so much they've lost motivation. They've just they're bored with the way that they've been doing their work. And sometimes they need a break from the way they've been doing it. So I, I one of our favorite documentaries over the last couple of years was the one on the Beatles. And it's called Get Back. And it was directed by Peter Jackson, who had done all of the Lord of the Rings movies. But there were so many times when the the day would end and you could tell they had done a lot of work and they were leaving and they were tired. And the next day they would kind of filter into the room one by one. And usually it was McCartney who was there first and he was just kind of playing around and then someone would come in and just start talking to him kind of like absentmindedly and and they would start playing with him a little bit and they would just be laughing and telling stories and then the third member would come in and they'd be fooling around and laughing. And then there was that one time like that I remember specifically Lennon came in last. The three guys are already doing something now and he's just listening 
And he just starts fooling around too. And next thing you know, they're playing. They've literally created a song out of play. And it wasn't this, okay, we've got to do this. And this is the schedule. And this is how it works. They found a way to get the work done in a playful way. And I think sometimes when you lose motivation, you almost try to jam the square into the circle hole, as opposed to saying, maybe you just have to change what you're doing a little bit. So be open to doing your work in a slightly different way and maybe in a more playful way than what you've been doing. And I think you'll find that the work will get done. You'll be motivated to just do it maybe in a slightly different way. Yeah, it's funny because my that, that was sort of my other tip. So I'm just going to just extend what you were just saying. But I like to tell my clients to say, to ask themselves, what would make it fun? And then go do that thing, right? And so if we go back to my example of this morning, when I really didn't want to write and do the work, I literally said, not out loud, but that would have been cool. What would make this fun? And there's a really cute patio in the shade in the back of this Airbnb. And I'm like, that would make it fun. And so I sat out there and let me just tell you, a mama deer and two baby deer literally walked like, I don't know, three or four feet away. And that was really fun. But the point is, is I could have stayed at the table that I had kind of picked out for me to do my work. But I asked myself, what would be more fun of a way to do this? And then just answer it. It would be more fun to do it outside than it would be to do it inside. And so like you said, make it more fun. You can allow yourself to play. And I think physically asking yourself the question and answering it will help you to like figure it out. Yeah, I agree. I'm a big fan of that stuff. I know it sounds like it's almost like you're you're play acting or something like that. But I, I, I love that. Like just going through the actual motion of saying it out loud and then giving an answer because it's, it's forcing you to actually do it in a way that's that's, I think, more substantial anyway. Um, OK, so I think do you, you should you do another one or are we bouncing back to me? Was your kind of play off mine count as one of yours? Yeah, I'll let that count as one of mine. You go for it. OK. Um, I would say um, if you feel like you've lost motivation to do something, um, do, do something else sometimes. That works for me. I'll give you an example. Uh, a little over a year ago when I was having to write the runs for the marathon plan, the last like 10 runs, a lot of them were really long. They were like long bomb type runs. We're talking the 20K, the 25K, the 30K run, really, really long runs. And, and I also had to write the marathon race run, which is 42.2K. So some of these runs I would get through and these are thousands and thousands and thousands of, of words. And I would look at you and I'd say, I just, I can't write any more of this run right now. But it would be pretty early in the morning. So it wasn't like I could take the entire day off. And what I would do is I would write a completely different run. I would just make, I was like, you know what? I'm in the mood. I'm in the mood to do 40 minute head starts. And I would just write that run. And I would get that out of my system and I would be warmed up and I would be excited about running and I'd be exciting about coaching or be excited about coaching. And I would go back to the work that I had not been excited or motivated to work on. So sometimes it was just, I have other stuff to do. I'll do that. So maybe it's not so much that I'm not motivated to work. I just wasn't motivated to work in this order. So I would just change up the order. That's my tip. I love it. And can I again, just basically <laughs> extend what you're saying and just put a little twist on it? Yes, Okay. please. So the way that I phrase this very similar to yours, um, is I give my clients permission to not do it. 
So if there's this thing that they're just sort of dragging on or procrastinating on, or they're not feeling motivation to do it, I'm like, just give yourself permission and say, you know what? I'm not going to do that. Maybe ever. I'm never going to do that. Or maybe like, I'm not going to do it today. Maybe I'm not going to do it this week. And just don't do it. And what oftentimes happens, I've used this trick on me very many times, but often what happens with me or my clients is you'll say, okay, I'm not going to do that today. And then like two hours later, you're like, but I really kind of wanted to do that thing. And you end up wanting to do it when you take away, I don't know what it is. I think it's you're taking away the pressure of having to do the thing right now. And then you find out, oh, actually, by just giving myself permission to not do it, actually kind of brings the motivation back to do it. And that kind of segues into another one of mine, but I don't know if, if is it okay if I take two real quick? I think it's okay, but I was going to piggyback a little bit <laughs> off of the one you just did. This is so. like a whole tower of pigs. I know it is. So let me do that. And then we can go back to yours. Sure thing. Okay. So I think it's interesting when you say like, don't do it. Mine is kind of a twist on that where it's, don't do it, but think about why you actually want to do it. What? I have to you interrupt you. Up. I have to interrupt you. This was my next thing. Well, then you can piggyback on top of this. I have a whole post about it. and I, I wrote this whole post about it on Instagram from when me and you were in the car together one time at Tryon. Okay. Can we just tell the story and then you can, I'll, then I'll let yes. you, I'll stop interrupting you. No, we're interrupting each other. So this is perfect. Go. This is so fun. This is how it is all the time in our house, you guys. Our kids don't stand a chance. Okay. So you and I went to try on to run and we got there and we were sitting in the car and I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to run. I don't want to run. I don't want to run. And you were like, then don't. And then I was like, well, but I do want to because <laughs> it will feel so good. And I, had, I think at that point I had a little street going and... I really want to get fit and I love running at trying. So I started like arguing with you. You had just given me permission to not do it. And I started arguing with you about why I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And then it turned into an Instagram post. And now here we are, me interrupting you and us saying the same thing. Yeah. And I felt like I was suddenly in trouble because it was like you were like, I don't want to run. And I said, OK, I'll agree with you. Don't run. And then for about 10 straight minutes, you told me, but I love the trails here. Why wouldn't I run? And it's it's really nice out. And we're already here. And I was like, I thought I was agreeing with you. It was another one of those moments where I don't know what happened. It was like, you're a tornado chaser. And you're like, oh, we're totally safe where we are. And suddenly the tornado turns. And you're like, we were never safe. That was my feeling in the car. And all I wanted to do was get out of the car and run away from you. How many couples totally relate to us right now? I think all uh, all couples I would feel say so all. seen and heard right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's our gift to you, listener, if you are in a couple. You're not alone. In yes. fact, you've never been less alone. <laughs> yes. So I think we just kind of completed each other's tip. Yeah. Or give, yeah. So give yourself permission to not do it. And then that kind of weaves itself into talk about and list for yourself the reasons why you actually do want to do the thing. Mm -hmm. And that might inspire you to do it, motivate you to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I find like that's, yeah, huge. Because if you are relating to why or remembering or reminding yourself why you want to do the thing, your why, your initial motivation, yeah, that's probably a good dose of motivation to go do it. Because you're like, oh, yeah, I remember why I set out to do this thing in the first place. You know, I think sometimes people are a little scared 
to give themselves the choice to not do it. And I think it's actually a very powerful thing and probably leads to more being accomplished because when you think you have no choice and you have to do this, then even work you enjoy gets closer and closer to just work you do. So I think if you have the choice of, look, you don't have to do this, you suddenly are almost forced to remind yourself of why in the first place had you set this up? Want to piggyback on that? Yeah. So that just reminded me of just anytime you can take the pressure off of having to do something. So anytime you can change the words, I have to, or I should, or I need to, or I must, if you can change those with, I want to, this will be fun because those kind of words I'm choosing to, it's so much more powerful and a a key to unlocking that motivation to get you going. I love it. I love it. And here's a little pithy, pithy little, uh, comment. Uh, If you feel like you've lost motivation, if you're willing to look for it, you haven't lost all your motivation. Because that means you're motivated to find it, which means there is some motivation there. So it doesn't take much. It's, it's, It's similar to like hope, you know, like if you have a little bit, you got enough. So I call those your Yogi Berra isms. Wow, that's a great compliment. And I'm just letting you know, at some point when you get back, the documentary that just came out about Yogi is going to be available. So we're going to sit down and have a little Yogi time together. And the dogs are back. So just letting people know. All right, let's bring it down a notch. Let's talk about petty grievances. Sweet. Why don't you begin? Okay. Mine is when I get a text from someone and it will say, hey, give me a call. And I need some context, people. I need to know how to prepare myself. I need to know what I'm in for. I need to to prepare like a no answer. If you're asking me to do something, I need to come up with a good excuse. Mm -hmm. So don't just say like, hey, give me a call. Or hey, email me. Or let's get together. Let's go to coffee. Yeah, because I think it's also worthwhile to let people know, like, should I be worried about this? Should I be concerned? Because people have a lot of stuff going on in their lives. And it says like, you know, call me. It's like, call you like immediately because something bad has happened. You're like, call me because you just saw a movie trailer and you want me to know what's coming out and you don't think I know what's coming out. Those are two very different things. I will say they're both very important, but they're two different things and it can change the trajectory of my emotions if I don't know where I'm supposed to go. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I got to do the emotional prep work. And let me just say that if you're asking me to go somewhere that to me, that falls under the category of like bad things. I want to stay at home. Okay. Let me stay at home. (laughs) It's just so antisocial. How can someone who loves people so much want to stay home so desperately? (laughs) That's the riddle of my life. Yeah, it is a riddle. I think it's because you spend so much time actually, though, working with people and then you just you don't want to leave the home. It's totally true. I've said before, I'm peopled out by Friday afternoon at like four. Yes. So it's really great being a person who lives with you for the next two days. Just want you to know. <laughs> Weekends. Woo. Tammy hates yeah. people. Yeah, All right. What's your petty awesome. grievance? Well, mine is actually going to be a quick one today. It's people who don't know how to park their car. And I know there are lots of different ways to not park your car correctly. But this is for people who think they've got a really nice car. So they take up two different spots. In this, I guess, thought process that I'm going to park and take up three spaces so no one can hit me with their car. 
So newsflash, if you've got one of these cars that you think is so special, no one cares about your car, okay? In fact, we now hate your car because you're making life difficult for everyone by parking that way. So I'm looking at you, Tesla drivers and big, giant, ridiculous pickup trucks. Like, no one cares. Just park like a normal person. You know what I mean? Give me a break. Petty grievance. Okay, let's go to mailbag. Mailbag. We need a we need a jingle. You know that? Opening up that mailbag. Can you hear the crinkle? Anyway, there should be a crinkle. Okay, so this is actually... Here come the dogs because we're doing the mailbag. This is a question that has nothing to do with anything we've been talking about, which is why I love it so much. And this comes from a fellow coach, a high school coach. How cool is that? The answer is very cool. George Flateau, I hope I'm saying your name, coach, the right way. And the question is this, Tammy. What activities do you recommend for team camp that are out of the normal camp routine? Which is a great question because Tammy and I both ran a whole series of different camps this would be specifically for cross-country camp but i think you could you could turn it into any type of specific camp so i'll read it again what activities do you recommend for team camp that are out of the normal camp routine go for it coach well i mean i don't know exactly what a normal camp routine would be but i mean i guess we can just talk about some activities that we had at our camps because i think i think probably a large number of the things that we did would not fall into most people's idea of what a normal camp routine would be. Yes, go for it. Uh, I'll start with one activity that I did with the girls that would come to camp is we would have a goal setting session and we would have um, some time where we set our goals and then we did a vision exercise, a visualization exercise about them. But one cool thing that we did is we wrote our goals on our bodies. So we had eyeliner and we wrote it on our arms or chest or not chest, but arms or uh, torsos, bellies, our legs. And then we took pictures of them. And there was something really cool about having images to share. Right. So, of course, I mean, in, in these days of Instagram, this was before Instagram. But back then they made amazing photos that people shared on their Facebook or wherever. And it also was just a really powerful statement to to pick a goal and then to state it out loud and let it be seen by everyone at camp. So everybody would walk around with their goals written on them for the whole day. Um, and anyway, yeah, so there's just something really powerful about stating a goal out loud and having the guts to do so. And that's just kind of what we promoted at the camp. Yeah, I remember that because I, I remember you had taken the hundred girls or so. And when it was done, you all came out and it was it was just it was a hundred girls coming out with these goals written on them and i remember it was such a powerful scene yeah one other cool piece of that is i gave all the campers my all the girl campers that we were talking to my phone number and i said when you achieve this goal i want you to text me and i don't care if it's next month i don't care if it's four years from now and the really cool thing about that was over the next period of a few years i would get the most random texts like coach tammy i did it and it was just so cool. Um, so, yeah. Why don't Super you go? Cool. Well, this this isn't as powerful, but I think it's just as much fun. We had a whole series of events. Uh, the, the, the camp was, I think, four days, five nights, something like that, or five nights, six days, something like that. I don't remember. So we had to fill up a lot of time. 
I mean, you don't want to, you can't run all day long. And two, you don't want to be talking about running all day long. So one of the most important parts about running is the recovery aspect. So we wanted to make sure that we had lots of things that were fun because you recover really well when you sleep. You also recover really well when you're having fun and you're laughing. So we had everything from uh, an egg toss. So if you can imagine 250 teenagers split 125 in one line, 125 facing the others, and then you know they would do a very short toss and then one step back, one step back, one step back. And it got epic, epic, where you would see 125 eggs flying through the air and then 100 and then 80. So we did the egg toss, which was always great. Um, there was the watermelon shot put, but it wasn't just a watermelon shot put. It was a baby-oiled watermelon shot put. And it was uh, by the pool because we wanted to eat the watermelon afterwards. So we're not we're not wasting watermelon, not at this camp. We eat our watermelon. So we would have a shot put contest using a greased up watermelon, which was always fun, which then, of course, turned into watermelon football in the pool, which is also fantastic. So those were two of my favorites. I think you need to explain it a little more. Like, so you you shot put the uh oiled watermelon into the pool you said we did it by the pool but all i'm imagining is like smashed watermelons all along outside of the pool which is really gross no you were standing outside you were standing right on the edge of the pool and then you had to shot put it into the pool because then the watermelon won't break so again we were we wanted to keep this watermelon so it was a heavy watermelon and a lubed up watermelon it's tough it's tough to shot put one of those bad boys but again afterwards you can have even more fun playing football with it in the pool because it you can't hold on to it it just it just it's it's very difficult it's very difficult but a lot of fun all right i'll do one i think anytime you can have a group sing-along especially on the last night of camp Mm. is a great thing so i think we've talked about you know the power of singing along with a team before on this podcast but there is something so beautiful and fun and just uh, it, feeling like a part of something is a group sing-along. So we would have a karaoke night on the last night and kids could sign up and sing. And then we ended it. It like literally makes me want to cry. It was so cool. But we ended it with, <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It was two songs, remember? Yeah, I remember Hey Jude. We ended with Hey Jude, but the song before it was Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yes. And so, yeah, talk about powerful is to oh. see, you know, 250, 300 people in a room all singing together, arms around each other, yeah. lights, you know, not lighters, but like the lights on your phone were up like a concert, just really beautiful memories. Uh, so, yeah, I, I recommend it. Anytime you can fit in a group sing along, you got to do it. Too often adults have a cynical point of view of teenagers that, you know, if we try to do this, they're not going to think it's cool. And I think if you give the kids an environment where they can actually have fun and be kids, you, you'll you'll be surprised because we had other things. We had bouncy ball races where, you know, you would sit on bouncy balls and, and you would have relays down a hill and up a hill, which was amazing. We had the these weren't like races. these weren't like bouncy balls that you throw. These are the kind that you sit on and you hold on to the little handle. Mm-hmm. They're like hippo hoppers or something hippo hoppers anyway all i know is everybody's thighs burned like crazy but anyway yeah go ahead 
No, I was just saying, and and that's what leads up to a night where you can have a karaoke night where the kids are freaking out over some of the other campers doing these karaoke songs. And we had hundreds and hundreds of options. And then by the end, and we would sprinkle in some other things in there, but by the end, yeah, we would do Bohemian Rhapsody and Hey Jude. And it got to a point where, you know, year after year, if you had been there the summer before, Everyone looked forward to that last that last 30 minutes of the sing-along, which we would then end with a bonfire, which was epic. So make sure you've got your marshmallows and you've got your s'more ingredients for an epic bonfire. But yeah, that, those would be some of the activities. You know what? One activity we should bring up that wasn't planned. Well, actually, no, it was planned. Well, I've got two. Okay. So I've, we've got two more. One was planned. One was unplanned. Are you talking about the most epic water balloon fight I've ever seen in my entire life? Why don't you talk about the most epic water balloon fight of all time, and then I'll talk about the other one that I have. The most epic water balloon fight I've ever seen in my life. Uh, so our kids were little, and they would go in and out of the cabins. They hung out. You know, Jack hung out in the boys' cabins. The girls hung out in the girls' cabins. And they would report back to us, you know, some things here and there. And we knew that there was some water balloon filling up going on, um, which was all cool. And then you had gone into town to run errands. You had to pick up a couple of supplies for camp. And I, so our cabin that we had with our family was like a little bit off to the side of the main circle. Um, and so I was putting our kids to bed and I just heard, the biggest, most raucous noise. And I'm like, what the heck? So I ran over into like the center quad where all of the cabins were. And there were, you know, 250 people throwing balloons at each other. And it was amazing. And then sometimes like a whole cabin would kind of disappear and like retreat. And they would come out. They had like Viking horn helmets on. They had, mm -hmm. they would scream. They had cheers. And they would come out like, Rah! And, you know, so you'd have whatever it was, 25 people just entering back into the mix with all these water balloons. Um, Mike, so I we had walkie talkie for our kids. I walkie talkie them and I'm like, get over here immediately. This is the most amazing thing you'll ever see. So they came running over and my kids will never forget. There was one girl who stood in the middle and she just had on a raincoat and she just sat there and she just like got bombarded, but like in a good way, like she did on purpose. Um, anyway, so I don't necessarily recommend this because it got a little crazy and I had to step in and tell the people they couldn't have broomsticks with them into the mix. But it was one of the most just beautiful, epic team building things that I ever saw. Um, I will never, ever forget that. And I also might not recommend it. Yeah, but it was it from everything I heard. And I'm so sad I missed it. There was some grainy videotape. Um, that I was able to see from like some old phones back in the day. But the thing that's amazing is that these kids had plotted this. So as Tammy mentioned, they had outfits. They had water balloon cannons. It was insane. But they had giant epic. black hefty bags full of balloons. So like each cabin, I don't even know, 10 or 15 giant like yard size bags full of water yeah. balloons that were filled up. I mean, they, this had taken like the whole week they had prepared for this. Yeah, we we didn't know, but there were balloons just being made and then stashed in a shower stall or two shower stalls. So they had prepped, they had done their job and they had made sure that Honesdale, Pennsylvania will forever be known as the site of the most epic water balloon fight 
ever. The next one I'm going to bring up is during a torrential rainstorm, we heard a roar from the quad. This was a different year. And we went down there and the kids had taken the mattresses out of their cabins and they had used them as basically like uh, surfboards, more or less. And it was a downhill slope in the quad. And they Keep were in just... mind, these were like those rubber-covered mattresses. They weren't yeah, like cloth. Yeah, they so weren't they were nice cloth and ones. slick. Yes, and they were basically sliding down the hill. It had become almost like a snow hill without snow. And it was torrential downpour, a couple hundred kids sliding down a hill, laughing like they're five years old. And, and these were runners, and they were running back up that hill so they could do it again. And they were cheering for each other. It was amazing. Yeah. And a lot of them like just gave up on the mattresses and they just went belly sliding. Yes. Because it was like this grass surface. It didn't like, you know, no rocks. It was perfect. So, yeah. So like talk about pictures. We had so many pictures of just people covered in mud from head to toe. I think kind of one of a, a, the themes of this is if it can make great photos, if it can have great group shots in a photo, it's a great activity to have at camp. Because I yes. mean, like, think about it. That's what teenagers really want is they want to be posting those pictures of groups doing really fun things together. And so, yeah, yeah there you go. Make it picture worthy. Yeah. And the other theme I think is, is their activities that where the kids just had a lot of fun. They just had a lot of fun. Let them be kids and just sit back. And that's one of, I think our favorite parts of camp is actually sitting back and just watching them having fun or becoming leaders or becoming closer as a team and better friends and doing things that maybe they didn't think were even possible. There's just so many cool things. I loved camp. Very, very hard to do, but a lot of fun. All right, let's switch gears. It's time for floating our fancies. That's what's next. I'm learning. So you go first. Uh, I'm going to say Bend, Oregon is floating my fancy. And I think I'll just like take it a little bit more granular because yes, it's fun to recommend a whole town, but I would say roundabout books in Bend is right on the an edge of a roundabout and they have a great selection. They're super nice. I called there today and asked them for a specific book. They didn't have it, but she said she could get it to me by Wednesday. So that's a great one. And on our way here, we went through Sisters, Oregon, and there is an amazing quilt shop. Uh, if you like quilting or knitting or embroidery, that is the place for you. I don't remember the exact name, but if you just look up Quilt Shop Sisters Oregon, you will find it. Those are the two things floating my fancy right now. Okay, my turn? Yes. Okay, well, I feel like it was a couple weeks ago I said uh, I was getting back into reading books, which uh, I'm, I'm super excited about, and I'm enjoying the books I'm reading. But in the last, I guess, week or so, we watched a movie together that we hadn't seen which was shocking that we hadn't seen Joker, which, by the way, Joaquin Phoenix is amazing in. Disturbing movie. He's amazing. But I also watched the third Guardians of the Galaxy, so I guess there's kind of a superhero theme here. But my point is, I haven't really watched many movies in the last six months at all. And I had a lot of fun watching two different movies in the last week. Very different, even though they're both superhero movies. But now I'm excited to watch a couple more movies. And there's a bunch that are coming out. And I guess what's floating my fancy is not just cinema. It's also that Oppenheimer and Barbie are coming out 
on the same day. And I may want to do what you brought up. I didn't know this was a thing, but what's it called again? Barbenheimer. Barbenheimer, where you're going to go and see both walk out of one and into the other. I I would be 100% into doing that. And as I said, I want to find an outfit that can transition to both. And I don't think there is a thing unless you have like reversible clothes mm-hmm. and you go in like a pink suit to Barbie, go into the bathroom real quick, do a quick switcheroo, turn your clothes inside out. Now you're all in black or something and you go yeah, or like a timer. tweed suit, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I bet you could make it work. You may have to stash. You may have to bring a bag. Some stuff may not make it into both, at least being worn. But I think we could figure it out. Yeah. I don't really own a tweed suit, but they dress so suit. well back in the 40s. Yeah, I don't own it. I probably own more pink stuff than tweed stuff. But I'm I'm into what's floating my fancy right now are summer movies. I'm I am ready to invest some dollars in some summer movie. And I also want to see Indiana Jones. So I know I answered a whole bunch of things, but. Well, I think we've talked on the podcast here about how much you love to show me previews, and that has been happening a lot lately. We have been watching a lot of previews, and our list of movies to watch is getting really long. Yes, yes. I'm not complaining. No, the fall looks really good, too. So we'll talk about that. Maybe we'll do a little mini episode about movies we're excited to see. Sure. And I think we're sort of segueing into what's next. You're sort of talking about like what's next with movies, but like what's next? Uh, what's coming up in the next week for you? Well, I just finished uh, editing the podcast for the Coach Bennett's newsletter. So I have a newsletter on Substack and what I've added for um, subscribers that are um, paid subscribers on there. So you have an option if you want to support the newsletter through donations. Um, they get a special uh, podcast. I just recorded the second edition of that, which is a lot of fun. It's a little bit of behind the scenes of the newsletter I'm writing. And there's a Coach Bennett's podcast that's coming out on Thursday, which is the day after the Show Up Society podcast coming out. And that's about it. That's about it for me. Track and field's heating up in Europe, so I'm kind of getting excited as we are moving towards faster and faster races. There have been some really cool stuff, so that may be kind of mini-floating my fancy, too, is some hot track and field action. All right. For me, it's just uh, a lot of this writing and content creation for my membership community that's going to be coming out in September. And also, I'm going to be making some bracelets with my girls because they're going to go see Taylor Swift this weekend. Their goal is to have 20 friendship bracelets each so that they can trade with other Swifties. And they're letting me help them, which is really cool. That's this coming weekend? This coming weekend. Wow, this is all happening so fast. Jeez. Okay. That means you guys are all coming home soon, too? From Bend? Yes, that's right. Coming home from Bend, going pretty much straight to Taylor Swift. Okay, that means I got to clean up the house. All right. I think we it's time to let our friends go. Yeah, because I got to clean. For now. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to us. Coach Tammy, enjoy the rest of your time in beautiful Bend, Oregon. Coach Chris, enjoy the time with the doggies. Oh, you know it. Always. All right. Thank you, listener, for being here. We'll see you next week. We won't see you. We'll hear you. You'll hear us next week. In the meantime, don't forget to send us mail to the mailbag. We want to answer your questions. Yes. Keep that mail coming. All right, friend. Keep being you. And I'll keep being me. And I'm going to (laughs) change. 
Thank you for hanging out with us today. We hope you subscribe if you haven't already, and we'd love for you to give us a good rating. Remember, you can send your questions into our mailbag at the address found in the show notes. If you want to connect with us further, be sure to check out Coach Chris Bennett on Instagram at Coach Bennett, two N's, two T's. Or go to Coach Tammy Bennett's Instagram at Show Up Society. You can also hear more Tammy on the Show Up Society podcast.